Hello, hello, and welcome to the first official installment of The Shred Show, um, interviewing awesome, awesome guitarists and musicians that are relevant to the industry today. My first uh, guest feature of today is, drumroll please, Jordan.Wave! Yeah, how's it, how's it going? And th- thank you for calling me relevant. <laughs> no, wor- I mean, I'd say you're pretty relevant. Have you <laughs> seen not, yourself? That's not a word that I, I typically see people on the street call me anyways. Is that, oh my god, that's the relevant guy from TikTok. I don't know. I Thank you so much for, for being on it. This, yeah, man. It's the first one. Um, I'd actually... Uh, I'd seen uh, a post on your Instagram yesterday of you at a show. How does it feel of shows being back since we've been in a cold no-show winter the past two years? Um, it was seeing the Wilderness, which was the band that played the Wilderness and Honest Cards Collective. Mm-hmm. They were a band that played in my my like university town right. over in Kingston, and they were like you know the big guys on the scene there. So a lot of people from that university, like people that I'd known, people you know mostly younger than me, and like the engineering program and whatnot, they all seemed to come out. So like I feel like that made it a lot better in terms of like you know much more of a community feel, just running into people. And for for a lot of them, it was their first time out. Also, lots of people I saw there that had never been to a show, like they just flat out told me, like, this is like one of the first shows that I've gone to that's not a festival. That's crazy. So it's like even people that aren't typically like music goers are, are kind of, you know, eager to get back into it almost as much as, you know, people who are regular, regular concert goers. But it was great. You know, most people seemed fairly comfortable. Of course, all the bands like addressed the fact that like it's been a, been it's a, been a hard minute. year. Yeah, it's been a hot minute since they've been back, but... Yeah, the energy's high. It seems like a lot of these bands are really, really itching. They're really kind of, you know, they're, I, I, I don't know the phrase to describe it. They're like cutting at the jib to get there. There's such an like explosive energy to like the live music. And it feels like it's going to burst, you know, like people have been pent up, not playing music, seeing shows. And now every artist like Polyphia is playing soon. Are you going to that show? I don't have tickets for it yet, but I do want to go. You should, because I'm going up on the Toronto show in August. August, okay. You should definitely pull as up. As long as it doesn't sell out. It's a little ways away, but... Yeah, it's uh, like 40, 40 bucks for a ticket. Yeah, pretty which is not bad, honestly. It's pretty cheap for tickets. Ge- general really admission? Ge- yeah, all Perfect. general admission. But, uh, yeah. I'll um, bring my diaper. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Get right at the front. <laughs> get freaking completely... I-, I wonder if they would mosh. I don't know. Seeing a Tim show, I remember I saw them uh, back in... 2018 before like they really blew into the atmosphere i feel like when a band gets big enough right and when they reach outside of their audience because like polyphia's kind of gone big from from uh like you know youtube and tiktok and all that yep. stuff so like it's kind of like what happened with um you know that travis scott show where like lots of people who weren't original fans of the music but who were fans of the hype right. they come anyways and like those are the ones that mosh those are the ones oh, that yeah. get crazy right yeah so i feel like with polyphia you're not just gonna get like just you know, dorky kids. guitar nerds like yeah. us, you're gonna get like the geek. a good majority yeah. of them are though. Like I feel oh, like it's, it's a healthy mix because like a majority of their audience is also younger. Yeah, you know what I mean. Whereas like there, you're, there's either metal shows where everyone's like moshing to pieces, or there's like a dream theater show where everyone's just staring at JP play. You yeah, know? just like complete and utter nerds, and you could tell because half people's just mouth open to watching him play. Like how is he doing that? For sure. You know. Also, like Plippy is not like a they're not like a heavy breakdown kind of band. No. I feel like the the moshing isn't going to be too much of a concern. No, not at all. As like even I remember uh, seeing Chon back in 2018 as well. Like it was funny. At one point they were like, "This next song is the heaviest metal song ever. I want you to kill each other and mosh." And then it's like that light bubbly music, but people are just. <laughs> 
Like, I think it was more or less a joke, anything, but it was funny just to watch people actually just because they're jokes. I love all those Chon interviews where it's just like, yeah, I love that there's one rig rundown they did, and he's just like standing in front of this massive pedal board full of like Earthquaker device pedals, and Mm -hmm. he's just like, yeah, so, you know, this is it. Like, we just kind of thought, like, what looks cool. Yeah. <laughs> you got to love those, like, extremely, like, amazing artists who, like, have everything under the sun as far as effects. And, like, yeah, I use one or thing, too. Or, like, oh, my God, I saw this interview with uh, Tosin Abasi. He was like, yeah, I have I have one, re- like, Axe effects just for its reverbs, you know? Like, yeah. like they'll just casually have something insane going about but you know like all those live rigs for you know shows are, are really important to have but you know i'm really happy that live music is coming back totally it's 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 an amazing experience and uh seeing all these amazing artists get more and more opportunities like not only seeing the show that you went to the other day but also your experiences playing on stage with dragon force holy shit tell me about that that was insane well, Dragon Force, first of all, they're incredibly nice people. And I also got the opportunity to play with, uh, or I didn't play with them, but like we got to hang out backstage with like Steve and Terry Berry, mm. with Nick Nocturnal, with uh, Cole Roland. And also like Nick and uh, Nick and Cole brought their girlfriends and they were like very, very nice too. That's awesome. You know, they got to hang out backstage as well. And like, I got to say, like in terms of Dragon Force, they're the most forward thinking band entirely, right? I in terms so of, in terms of, uh, like with the streaming because mm. you know they're playing shows they're playing not like the massive stage venues they're playing like the mid-sized venues yep or at least for what they did in toronto at the opera house right that's kind of like a mid-sized venue it's still pretty big but i think yep. it holds like less than a thousand really except when you look at the camera setup right it seems huge he's got 10 cameras and that's going out to an audience of like three thousand a night which is like triple More. what they're getting there and those people also they have the option to sub they have the option to donate and like you know, I, I told my friend about that, and my friend was kind of thinking, like, doesn't that disincentivize people from seeing the show? But, like, from me watching those streams, it's more of, like, a FOMO, right? For real. Like, seeing that you're not at that show and thinking, wow, you know, it looks cool there. Like, it's yeah. it's almost selling it. You're, like, also, like, if, you know, if you're curious on the fence about going to a show, you check out the stream, and you're, like, this looks sick. This is what they're playing. This is the set list. Like... And if you're in Brazil, out. only being able to see Dragon Force maybe one time because they'll do one world tour. It's like it's not like I'm just gonna go fly to Canada and see the show. It's like now from anywhere in the world, you're you have the option to when yeah. you can't. Exactly, that should be standard. Um, aside from all like the technical stuff, um, mm. you know, like the band was running a little late, so mm. like when it got in, it was very, is very much like, you know, Herman wanted to be say hi to everyone and he wanted to be kind but he had like he was on a mission right yeah he had to like check wi-fi levels he had like his whole setup like he was moving and moving like he eventually he had time to come sit down and hang out with us right but for the most part we were hanging out with like with the rest of the band and just kind of like like chilling in the green room that's awesome um it was was awkward though for me because you know cole and nick and uh you know stevie t right they're like titans of of the youtube guitar era like era yeah. yeah and they're like you know they're still like very much relevant like in oh, yeah. terms of the other stuff they're doing on social media mm-hmm. i know nick's on twitch like he's a sick twitch channel his girlfriend is also on twitch right like doing some doing some really cool stuff and then there's me and i just kind of like walk up to them and like sup and they had never heard of me because none of them are on tiktok Seriously? they post to tiktok but like they don't scroll right because they don't they they're that's crazy they're still very much like of the millennial era where mm-hmm. like tiktok tiktok is something that's very very strange and new to them right Whereas, like, TikTok is sort of, it's become, you know, for me and you, it's our main platform. It is. Like, that's where the content goes. Mm -hmm. And 
you know, whether it's the other avenues like Instagram or YouTube, the content flows down from TikTok into everything to there. Else. You know, that's what we're producing for. So they didn't really understand when I told them, like, I just make memes. And they're like, <laughs> they're like what kind of memes do you make? And that kind of tripped me up because I was like, uh, I don't know what kind of memes. You know, like, I sometimes I do shredding. Sometimes I do, like, mini solo covers. Sometimes mm-hmm. I'll do, like... Uh, like the, the the funny experiments and things like yep. that or frog pedal or pedal building so i didn't really have like a clear response because for them it's kind of like i practice a song i record a sick cover i collab with another musician i put it out and that's my creative output right but like on tiktok that doesn't really no one, no one cares like nope kids on tiktok they don't they don't really care about like the the crazy crazy shredding like that doesn't impress them you know no. they're more impressed by like a, a really like the new iPhone or something. They want or, they want like something to gravitate towards, like a hook, like a yeah. top three whatever. They don't they, they don't even care that much about the higher production quality. Whether it's you know make sure the sound is good and the video is good and they're, it's edited together. You know it's, yeah. it's so much more quick. And they were born with like 4K already being a thing, right? Like mm-hmm. you know our our older eyes are are not as adjusted towards that. Where they don't they don't give it they they don't care no. and you know so. While I like doing that stuff, I also have the other stuff that I enjoy doing that's a bit more TikTok friendly. Right. So while they had no clue, like, kind of what my deal was, you know, mm. I can still, you know, I can still vibe with them. They were still incredibly nice. Like, I have nothing, nothing right. but good things to say about about them. All very, very humble musicians. That's... And also, like, the rest of Dragon Force was so cool. I can imagine. Yeah. Like, just sitting in a room, like, every... And no matter who you are, as any guitarist, just sitting there, it's a it's a child dream come true. Just it was, yeah. Honestly, like you know, instant instant clout boost, which then you know right. falls after when. Who, who cares? I mean, I, well, a lot of people. You care. <laughs> I mean, I think it's cool as hell, and like just the fact that you know you're able to be there and be in that experience and be able to say things. You know, like uh, Herman Lee and Dragon Force is really really involved into the community and how they do things like twitch and how like the benefits for that and that sort of being you know a a new outlet for people to be able to watch things you know it's for sure it's that whole digital like land space because tiktok and twitch and especially tiktok has been sort of a place for musicians and uh consumers to and fans to really like live while there hasn't been that in-person feel and especially for you know a creator like yourself being in that scenario where they have that opportunity to watch TikToks and whatnot, it, it, that's where it has lived for the past two years. Yeah, and it's it's not going away. And I think that's why Dragon Force, as such a forward-thinking band, is like, Real. you know, Herman Lee, when he's on uh, TikTok, he's making TikTok content, and he's making content that hits and is, you know, like, he gets views. And when he's on Instagram, he makes Instagram content. He posts pictures, more subdued. He has When he's down. on Twitch, like, you know, and also, like, not only that, but they also have the clout from, you know, being Dragon Force, being Dragon Force, you know, having the, the the what's considered the hardest track on Guitar Hero, like, yep. you know, and that's also something that they own. Like, it's not like they sit there and they're like, we hate the song, like we wish people. You, they have good music out. They have yep. a really very dedicated fan base. I watched, you know, leading up to going to play with them, I was on their Twitch streams mm. a lot because I wanted to see like what I had to, what I was up against. Right. And everyone in there is just they know every single song, and they, awesome. you know, they have a very very similar set list night to night. Mm. So like just by the first few words, everyone's like, "Oh, they're playing Cry Thunder, or they're playing Ashes of Dawn, or they're playing this one," and it's just like, "That's awesome," you know? Right? They 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 
they've been doing the thing and i think more bands need to really pay attention especially to the stream mm. aspect of it like i can't emphasize how much like having a nightly stream like it's a lot of work it is it's a lot of work to set up and you know herman lee's very very disciplined with the cameras and getting good angles and like yep. there's always going to be having 10 cameras is you're gonna have points of failure oh yeah and like you know even during the night they'd be like we lost this camera or like there'd right. be lag because also we're in canada yeah. and the internet sucks here sucks here and they have to you know make sure that everyone in the venue isn't on their phones yes. like everyone has it in airplane mode because if they're sucking up the wi-fi then it's gonna lead they to stream interruptions stream. Oh, right apparently there was like a guy in the front row who was like holding up his phone showing that he was watching the twitch stream and he was like don't watch it while you're here exactly like oh they they God. they probably think like hey you know we're, we're supporting you on twitch as well we're trying to boost your view count when really like the band's thinking take up the please bandwidth. get off like we told you like we very politely instructed you to not and you're like you're watching yeah. the show in person homie get off your phone yeah like it, it, it's it's so ridiculous but you know you get a lot of people who are you know i mean they're used to seeing the the whole world on on their phone and you know, just streaming every day, it kind of teaches people to kind of do that. And I could see that happening, like, very often, you know? Like, yeah. I know you're very disciplined as far as streaming as well on TikTok. Like, you do go live quite often. I try to. Um, it, it's just, it, it blows my mind sometimes how streaming has become, like, it went from, I remember several years before Twitch. Mm -hmm. Or I don't know if it was before Twitch or if it was while Twitch was happening, but there mm -hmm. was that uh, website Periscope yes or periscope or perioscope mm. and it was essentially like streaming but you know you'd stream regular life events right. and just like just stuff that was things. happening mm -hmm. and it was just seen as like this weird thing where everyone would think like you know why why are you so conceited that you think people care about the mundane things you do in your life and talking to people yep. and like uh one of my friends at the time had a housemate like she had a housemate who would periscope and like talk to people and right they would just always think like they'd always say it was like a hushed secret in the house like oh she's probably in her room on periscope and there was like such a negative connotation to it weird you know fast forward to now when like going live on tiktok is a very very, very commonplace thing. thing tons of people do it uh you know you can endless scroll through people who are live streaming just you know mundane things or mm -hmm. uh what i like to do which is just guitar. improvisation you know just hanging out just playing guitar I've gotten so good at talking to the camera while improvising it's it's that's a, that's a whole new set of talent oh man i'm like but but it's it's it, it gets you brain broken in the sense as to like you can't stop reading mm. you know what i mean right like you you just it, it's scrolling on and it's scrolling on and mm. like even if you try and focus on just doing your thing like anytime a new chat comes up you yeah. have to read it right and i remember i was on another uh, like like casual guitar pedal podcast for Big Ear Pedals, Grant Wilson. Right. Got to give a shout out to him. He's He does great stuff. That's awesome. And he has like a weekly thing where he talks to other guitar pedal builders and he had me on. And while I was on that on Instagram live, he was trying to talk to me and the comments were going by and I just kept on getting distracted. I was like, I have to find a way to turn off these comments because like my brain is just hardwired to interaction, you know? Right. And that's something I think, like, I, as someone that streams a lot, I like watching other people's streams to see mm. what other people are doing, like, what works, what doesn't. You're very supportive, too. He's, I remember the first couple times I went live consistently, you were there. Yeah, people, you know, it's, it's good to, you know, put, put your money where your mouth is. If you're going to talk about supporting, you know, other people on, on the platform, you got to do it. Yes. But uh, aside from that, like, uh, I, 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 I see a lot of guitar people, they don't really interact with the oh comments God. that are going by it's just kind of like 
you see just a disembodied guitarist just kind of shredding and people are coming in and i feel like a lot of people when they like the point of live streams nowadays i find is less to watch and more to interact for real because like you know think about the biggest twitch streamers or the mm. biggest anything streamers right like streaming is like no other art form before it or entertainment form because you have direct instant access mm. and reaction to the person entertaining you right it's crazy so like you know if you're watching a hollywood movie yeah you can write a bad review and maybe just maybe the actor <laughs> or someone involved will read it or like you know a songwriter like even even before that like you could maybe like if you don't like something that john mayer wrote you could message him on instagram and just maybe like he might potentially read it but now with like you know twitch streaming right someone you know like uh, who's the biggest twitch streamer on the platform it's like someone like mr beast i don't like mr Beast. no uh what's his name the political hassan hassanabi i think i know who you're someone like that you know those guys they rage right like they get angry about stuff and like you have people in the comments who are just goading them on and like jeering them so you know the same thing happens with me where like i'm playing and if someone says like i want you to play one by metallica yeah like you know happened earlier today then you just you do it and it's like the person feels almost in control of that and i think playing into that not getting lost in it but a healthy balance of mm. you know responding to requests and giving people what they want is is an integral to what i do and integral is- to sort of like building uh you know sort of relationships with people that come in and yep. making them feel welcome rather than just alienating them and being like nope you're you know watching me do me otherwise what's it. the point of streaming you might as well just post videos of yourself playing that's you know honestly that's a very interesting perspective on it and just being glued to like watching people i know that that can be a challenge you know but i really like your perspective on the perspective on just live streaming honestly that's that's a unique thing i I haven't heard before but i I can imagine that you know it can be difficult at times especially with like the newer following how many people could probably get in it it gets a little bit stressful when you know you have like hundreds of people in the live and you're trying to get to every one of them and you're like well what do i not do what do i do and you know i i, I can imagine that's gotten way harder for you like enticely but especially with how your account has grown so much over the past little bit you know like oh you're now you're at 1 million fall 1.2 million followers at this time um could you tell us a little bit about the experience of kind of how fast you grew on tiktok and kind of what's been the best and worst part of i wouldn't say blowing up overnight but there has been an aspect of you know quickly going from you know a couple thousand to now a million well i'm i'm very very grateful of all the (laughs) of all the new people all the all the new love that i'm getting but like you know there was there was always an appeal of Mm. being a small creator and it's kind of like there's a you know camaraderie with other people who were you know around the similar following or even just like you know randoms and i try i like keeping that up Mm -hmm. like i like i i felt like a lot of the people you know you included or like my you know polychuck little whooper all those guys um you know i i I didn't want to sort of make it get to my head because a lot Mm -hmm. of what i got big on isn't really it wasn't related to the content that i had made prior to that right right it was the new stuff it was like the running my guitar through stuff yep and like I love the idea. I still think it's fun. I still like doing it. I'm trying to not just do like the same thing over That's and over fair. again. I'm trying to test new objects and kind of, you know, make it new and engaging and exciting. Um, but at the same time, like, 
The only difference is I made a business email, and now mm. sometimes businesses will hit me up and, and ask me to make content for them, which, you know, I like doing. But aside from that, like, it's not like there's massive perks. There's there's different uh, perks in the way, like, that people will will treat you, you know what I mean? Like, different right. uh, content creators, they kind of see you as more of an authority, but, like, mm. with the way TikTok is set up, I don't really think that the num- amount of followers gives you any authority over, like how to use the app in a sense you know what i mean like i think the only the only difference is that you did something that worked right you for did. the algorithm at mm-hmm. that time but the algorithm's constantly changing so like you look at big creators and not all of their videos hit you know what i mean like a lot of the times i'll make a video that's dip- a departure from what got me big and it bombs it flops it'll get like you know instead of a million views it'll you know my i usually bottom out at like ten thousand views mm, yeah and like it's great i'm very very happy that i that that's like become my new bottom instead of right. like you know zero views but it's better it's kind of like you know no matter what you can always flop it's not like uh growth leads to infinite growth like growth mm. can stagnate and it as does. a creator you just have to figure out like what can i do i have all these people here like what am i going to do that's both true to myself and you know something that i can i can that entertains the audience right and right. what you do for yourself is not always going to entertain and that's when you kind of apply the uh the 50 50 rule one for me one for them yes 100%. so like you know like it's there's nothing wrong you're not a sellout if you're trying to entertain your audience and you know it works for them and you know it likes it but if that's all you are doing mm-hmm. and if there's no bit of you in what you're doing that actually reflects who you are then you know that's when you kind of run into like you know what what sort of you know what 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 how does this social media reflect me like is right. there any of me is this genuine at all how when does the watered downness stop but i really really like that yeah. perspective one for me one for you that's yeah i forget there was some there was a that was from like some there was a musician i'm trying to remember who it was that said that but you know when it, but it, the, in the original context it was for albums mm. it's like when you're recording an album in terms of songs like mm. Are you going to make an entire album that's just like... I think it was John Mayer, actually. Really? Yeah, when he was saying, like, in terms of building albums, like, mm. if I want to do something that's out there and, like, more in a different style, more rock and roll versus, like, what I am known for, which is, like, guitar-based pop music, mm. maybe I'll just do, you know, one for me, one for them. No, that's a, that's a really good perspective uh, to have on that. Like, I, who, who would have known like how do you balance like when something pops off like you know getting one video really really blown up you know and it's like maybe that's not really what you want to be known for you know I mean you have a lot of creative outlets in what you do and making sure that it's you know spread over to a couple different areas of what you create in your content is always really really important especially with that perspective like you know you have your own you know your own music that you've yeah. been releasing um by the way everyone make sure that you go follow uh jordan on everything and um as well make sure to go listen to his music but as far as your music what are what's what's happening what is there anything that we should be expecting as far as jordan music well i'm hoping to get some releases out there soon um i was trying to get some stuff out back in march but uh you know things constantly get pushed back in terms of production right also in terms of lots of self-criticism but that's fair that's something that's that's very much inevitable but like what you're saying about you know having what you want to be known for on social media versus um you know what you might actually become known for in terms of chasing virality right 
you know, lots of people making very TikTok based content that might not be true to like their themselves or their actual content. And that's suddenly like what they become known for. Right. You know, and I think like in the grand scheme of, you know, what TikTok is, is it's, it's lots of marketing, right? Like, and there's, there's nothing wrong with sort of trying to build your market, right? As long as you're also, you know, genuine about how you're going about it, right? Like if you're marketing yourself as one thing and then you are trying to sell people a completely different thing from that i think that's when it becomes disingenuous right Right. but like you know if you're making general music content and then you are trying to also push music like makes sense yeah i think that's fine that's that's complete that's completely normal and i mean honestly that's that's a huge part of like as musicians adapting to the new playing field as far as like releasing music is like you you can't just be like oh go listen to my music or yeah starts to become it feels like you're almost just being selly and advertising on yourself. You know what I mean? So sure. there's even a healthiness in not doing just your music. Yeah. You know what I mean? And I find that really healthy. And I mean, I think you balance that wonderfully. And I'm I'm a personal fan of your music too. I appreciate that. I I'm I a fan of your music, it. man. <laughs> Thanks, dude. But uh, yeah. I, I love I love your sound. Who would you say are your top three guitar influ- or even just influences in general that would influence your personal music or who you would just or respect? Influence my personal music. Yeah. Um, Prince is definitely like one of the top ones. Really? Prince was always the top one. Prince. Yes. That, awesome. that was like the kind of stuff that my mom would like play for me in the car that I just kind of have like burned into the back of my, my memory That's since really I was cool. like a child. That aside from like all the the 60s best of albums that mm. she would push on us. So guys like the Kinks or Barry Manilow. Yeah. Those, those are not included in like the, the influences. Yeah. Um, Prince number is Prince is there. definitely number one always nice. number one just in terms of like you know I, I feel like Prince was a very much sort of a, he, he embodied the whole your art should never be apart from who you are mm. you know what I mean like you know a, getting into a bit a bit of a, a a bit pedantic or not pedantic getting into sort of the I don't know how to say this full of yourself sort of thing like right. as an artist if you are separating your art from yourself, that's not really a, a good thing to do. Like, as an artist, you should be living your art. Like, the, 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 it should not, there should be no separation of where your life ends and your art starts. Like, your art should be a part of your life. It should be a representation of your experiences. Authentic expression. And yes, yeah. if you're an artist and you are not living artistically, then what is your art? You know, like if what you're is not your life. Sort of... <laughs> exactly, <laughs> exactly. I don't think you know, and I know that it's different from someone whose art is like you know, like let's say you're in Slipknot, yeah, <laughs> and you're singing songs about like you know, killing people and everything, and then you don't yep. go and live your art after yeah, that. I hope you wouldn't. I mean, you know, there's a line. It's... I, it's, it, it, there's an expression. Uh, there's still an authentic level of you know, getting something out of you. Yeah. Especially in something like that, you know, and that that's I think a lot of people ha- happen to miss the ball on that where it's like, exactly, there's, uh, there's a part of authenticity there, you know, Yeah, exactly. It's like, you can, you know, you can represent it's representations of rage, but like, you know, that's that's just the way of expressing it. Right. right. Representations of sadness, representations of dark themes, like artistic, right. like, you know, you don't have to be going out and living it, but it's just, the, you know, it's metaphors for struggle and yep. whatnot. Exactly. Which is interesting. For me, it's just metaphors for, you know, being a funky dude. Funky like, dude. I try and do that. I try and, you know. Yep. I just enjoy it. Um, Who's your number two? Number two? Uh, not in terms of me actually playing like him, but I love Guthrie Govan. I really? think he, he was the one that opened up, like, the fusion sound. Right. You know, it started at Guthrie Govan, and yeah. now it's ended at, like, you know, 80s Japan fusion. and The legato, he was the kind, man. Yeah. The legato. 
like that whole jazz like basically showing me that like jazz and shred can combine and i'm mm. sh- you know he's not like the first guy to do it he won't be the last but he was the first that i saw <laughs> and, right like and you know just as as a person like his small lessons uh all of his youtube content as well even though he's not much of a content creator i just love him and i think he's great watching him talk is a treat Watching him talk is a treat. Have you seen the new, like, Charvel promotions for him? I have not. Are they good? He's become a grand wizard. Like, he went away for COVID. Like, no one had seen him. And he's come back. His hair is fully white. Grand wizard. And, like, no, not that. No, 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 no. Not that. <laughs> he's come back as, like, a Gandalf figure. A Gandalf. Okay. I get it. Grand is the wrong word to use in that context. He's a mighty, a mighty wizard. a mighty wizard. wizard. Yes. Him and uh, Jordan Rudis can go for a cup of coffee. Yes. Oh, can you imagine? <laughs> Match made in heaven. I actually, oh, someone that I, I, I follow on, um, I've been following her for a while on uh, TikTok. Hmm. She's dating Jordan Rudis' like, cousin. Jeez. No, 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 Jordan Rudis' nephew. Nephew. And she's like met him and gone to dream theater shows and like... <laughs> That's super She cool. just knows him as just like, you know, Jordan, like the keyboard player. Have you seen his guitar videos too? Oh yeah. my... Dude in God. Dude could shred like it's not fair. He's coming for us. He's coming, man. Like he's 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 killing it too. Like as in terms of TikTok, Picture he's this making good stuff. Dream theater. And then Jordan Rudez steps away from the keyboard and picks up another guitar. <laughs> oh, I love that. That'd be scary. Alright, who's your uh number three? Van Halen. Van Halen. Yes. Mainly because uh like all through high school, all throughout high school, and this is something that like I never show on my TikTok for some mm. reason, even though I'm very much like an '80s an '80s metal simp. Right. Like I loved all those bands. Uh, Charvel, like Rat, Dokken, Charvel. Winger. Charvel was mostly Guthrie Govan, but also right. because people would constantly tell me that my Kramer was a Charvel. Like they'd be like, "Bro, like what kind of Charvel is that?" And it kind of put the scene in my mind, like maybe I should get one because they're nice. They're- Charvel's with the best guitar I've ever played. Charvel's nice. I love it. Charvel's nice. Charvel should get a TikTok and send you know, me guitar. <laughs> cough, cough. Send me guitar for uh, you know, putting a Charvel on the top of guitar guitar talk. For Hashtag. real, dude. Yeah, it's like it's like I remember one day. It's just like I searched up guitar. I'm like, oh, that's Jordan at the top of the page. Yeah, they're not gonna do that because I don't play like you know '80s metal revival. Even well, though that's like never a lot of what I listen to. You never know. I don't know. I do the fusion thing, but um. Yeah, no, Van Halen, first of all, I, I love their music. Like, right. uh, walking to high school, like, every single day, I'd go through, like, their discography, and i just kind of have that, like, I wouldn't listen to anything else, like, when I got home. Right. I'd go on my computer, but, like, back when I had them on, like, iTunes, and I had their whole torrented discography. Yep. And I would just kind of, like, go to the start, and just anytime I'm walking, i just plug in headphones, start, pick up from where I left off. Van Halen. And, like, you know, it's just classic stuff. Not even in terms of, like, uh them playing but like building an atmosphere mm. with just you know and on their recordings they wouldn't do backing guitars until like later i don't listen yeah. to van hagar i'm sorry i'm sorry if you like van hagar i don't listen to him <laughs> but like they wouldn't do backing tracks for guitars it was just mm. the one guitar and somehow like the fullness of the bass and drums as well like Crazy. it would work and like when i'm recording by myself i try and keep that in mind i feel i definitely you know? feel like a live element to your music yeah because you, know? you don't always need filler instruments right like sometimes mm. when the guitar solo hits you don't need something else backing that up like if the drums and bass aren't doing it then you know sometimes having that space behind the guitar solo is like exciting it's it a is. different sound in itself and like i just feel like there's a big push to like people think high production value means 
constant fullness, right? If right. your waveform doesn't look like an absolute square, it's just and then a like thick block. get it out of here, right? Like, that is not the modern production. Yeah, I think sound. Van Halen had great dynamics in their recording. Mm. And I think, you know, when the guitar chords dropped out and Van Halen's, you know, squealy dees jumped in, it's just, it's, it's exciting. It had an excitement to it, you know. I still don't think his guitars would have hit, uh, like, as much without the drums, but, you know. I could totally see that. I mean, their drums are just as world-renowned as the guitar playing. Like, yeah. I think as far as, like, all musicianship, I don't know about the bass player too much, but at least, I like, the vocals, the he was drums. Good too. Well, the bass player was good because he was, he had those iconic, uh, like, upper register vocals. He would add mm. those. That's kind of what oh, he really? brought to the table. Yeah, I didn't even know that. That was all um, Paul Anthony. They're all, all the Michael, musicians Michael Anthony, are yeah. really, really phenomenal and just world renowned. So I, I could totally see that in, in every aspect. And honestly, now of you saying these top three influences, I could totally see like like elements of small like in your music, and like that's just super, super cool. Yeah. Honestly, now it is just now. Just do like weird, <laughs> just do whatever. Like we- weird funk music. I don't know. People started calling like late night fast walk like Mario Kart music. It's like go for it, huh? dude. Anytime someone hears like fusion or like certain like syncopated like, there's like oh it's Mario or like Mario Kart. Or... Is that from Persona Five? <laughs> right. Um. I actually. I, I. 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 Can I swear on here? Yeah. Yo, I fuck with Persona 5 a lot. Like, yeah. People would keep on saying, like, this sounds like Persona 5 music. And then I, I just thought, like, what? Like, I don't understand. That's awesome. And then I, like, looked up on Spotify and I was like, this is sick. Like, just Japanese funk, yep. like, with the, the, the slappy, like, boom, 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 yep. bass. You're playing me that earlier. That that was oh, yeah, crazy. Cassiopeia. Yeah. Honestly, I, I got to start listening um, to more of that. Um, if you don't mind me asking this, how did you get into music? Like, where did the guitar start for you? Like, it was from a like a show that my dad watched. Really? Because he well, they started on. I started on piano. I started on piano for really. Like, what yeah. age? Oh, it would have been seven or eight. Dude. Well, I think I wanted to play guitar initially, and then they put me in piano lessons for like two years. And like, I, I thought it was fine. Right. Like we we just had like a uh, standing piano, and all of my siblings took piano lessons before. Right. Um, you know, trying out other instruments, and then I was the only one that actually stuck with it. Right. But uh, and then it was from a TV show called The Wonder Years, and mm. there was like an episode where the main character learned a guitar and then like played in front of his school, and I was like, that looks so goddamn cool. Like, right. That yes. looks sick. I want to do that. And this was also around the time when like School of Rock was coming out. Mm. So it was just all those forces combined just made music look real cool. Right. You know, it looked real. You know, like 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 awesome to my nine year old brain. That's awesome. And then they got me, my parents didn't think I'd stick with guitar, so they got me like a, an acoustic guitar from Costco, a right. Yamaha. A Costco guitar. It's a Costco Yamaha. It was a great instrument, though. It lasted really? me for so many years without needing any maintenance. Like Yamaha acoustics, I wish I had the model number. I don't have the guitar anymore. Damn. I traded it for a, a guitar that I barely use. but um, Still have it. Sorry? Do you still have it? Yeah, I still have that That's guitar awesome, that I though. traded it for. Hey, at least I don't have know. the original guitar. I, it's But like... It must have lasted me almost a almost a decade without any maintenance. I think like eventually like one of the tuners broke off or something. That's still pretty insane. Yeah, I got lots of compliments about like how it played and how it sounded and like I highly recommend. It's so, I, I would take it to summer camp every summer as well. So like the heat, like it wouldn't mm. be stored properly. It would be humid constantly. I right. keep it under my bed. Yep. And like 
I don't know. I don't know how it lasted. And I never, I never even took it in for a setup. Seriously. Like I never took it in for anything, and it still played so well. And I would constantly get compliments on it. That's crazy. And um, yeah. And then Guitar Hero came. Guitar Hero was how I got into like music, music. Because right. before that, I was basically trying to play like Aaron Carter mm. or Black Eyed Peas or right. like whatever my sister was listening to. That mm. was like music. And then Guitar Hero came out, and I was like, like you know, that's the rock. <laughs> yep, right back to her uh, Herman Lee guys. Right back yeah. to him. Oh, I started on Guitar Hero too. So Freebird would have been the first one. Free- oh yes, Freebird. Freebird. Um, what else was on Guitar Hero too? Uh, Mississippi Queen. Oh no, right. maybe that was on Guitar Hero three. I can't remember any of the I Guitar f- Hero. I feel like Nirvana was on most of Guitar Heroes. I could be wrong. Uh, Heart. Sh- oh, Heart Shaped Box was Guitar Hero two, I yeah. believe. Yep. Um. But yeah, I loved Guitar Hero 2. Uh, I love Guitar Hero 3. Rock Band didn't quite hit. But that's no. I think Rock Band, I don't know if it's the same for you, but I feel like that in- introduced a lot of people to rock. Oh, and yeah. also like a lot of people to guitar solos and general heaviness too because, mm. I don't know, did you ever have that period where like you were just constantly trying to find like heavier and heavier music being like, oh, yeah. You know, like when you're a kid, it's like that. You try and just think like it has to be heavier and like I have to find the heaviest shit. And if it's not heavy, then fuck that. That's definitely like a very high school. Yeah. You know, (laughs) like, like, oh, what's heavier? What's heavier than this? Oh, it's death core. What's heavier than this? Something else core. Whatever core. You know, it's it's, like you never find a bottom. Well, I think some people find a bottom. Yeah. And like, you know, just gets too drenched in overproduction and low notes that you can't tell it's audible like you know sometimes even like in all regards of like heaviness sometimes it's just like like songwriting like i remember the first time i listened to uh laid to rest by um lamb of god yeah and i thought that must have been in like drop a or drop like something really heavy and it wasn't just in drop d yeah and i was like how does this sound that heavy like it almost shocked because i was already playing in drop d like eventually other sure. songs and i was like Holy crap! So heaviness is a is a wide spectrum, you know. Yeah, I think though the, the the most I went was th- that I still listen to is um, Oceano. Yeah, that's I awesome. love them. Oh my god, what's his name? Their lead singer Warren something. Right. He sounds as good live as he does on those albums, which really? is like I not, find that they're not huge, are they? They're not huge. Yeah, they're not huge. Uh, they're like eh, they do festivals and stuff. Right. But like I always found that the the big thing for me was like people the, the the singers would sound like. A world eater, right? On the you know, like like a like a like a terrorizing demon on the record, yep. and then you see them live, and they're just kind of like wimpy, like yeah, <laughs> like you see the pig squeak. He said he yeah. actually like he's a big dude, and when he's right. like, singing, he actually sounds like he does on the album, that's and I'm awesome. like that's sick, right? Um, also, I feel like a lot of people go for heaviness and like lyrics, right? Like mm. I feel like there's sort of like a pendulum swing where, or not a pendulum swing, but like a barrier. Mm. where like you reach the end of heaviness as like in terms of guitar and drums and you start looking for heaviness in terms of like themes right and that's when you get into like you know behind the music with like life lover and mayhem yep and suddenly like the lore behind a band matters and like because you know the the auditory spectrum only goes so far to prove that you're intense and hardcore where you have to start you know liking bands that have you know legal allegations and things like that it gets culture yeah, and then I'm I'm sure everyone reaches a breaking point where they're like, I don't care. Like I, I sometimes, you know, I, I fuck with Miley Cyrus. Like that's that's kind of cool. Like <laughs> we all have those things, you know. I mean, honestly, like it, it takes a certain level of maturity to kind of get over that. I think that's just a curve. 
most people would get over you know what i mean and there's nothing yeah. wrong with just sticking to it but you know it, for me it definitely was a very high school mentality which is like oh the heaviest stuff just matters but i'm like you know sometimes i just want to blare Katy perry in my car yeah like a hundred percent most of what i listen to nowadays is dance music yeah and like i don't know i feel like ever since i left camp like summer camp yep. especially like you know it had a big impact on my my playing as well because i would teach at mm. summer camp like i would teach guitar so That's teaching awesome. kind of makes you better but that was also like my only connection to pop music for a long mm. time because you know they'd, they'd play pop music all the time and i would always be up to date and then when i stopped going when i like you know wasn't a counselor anymore i had no clue what was happening in pop music until i got on tiktok and now like you know basically any trending songs on tiktok that's kind of what's popular nowadays so now i feel a bit more reconnected and they are the top 40 you know yeah you know all comes first full circle dude i think as guitarists as well like it's important to you know you don't have to sit there and worship pop music but like mm-hmm. kind of knowing kind of having your you know your finger on the pulse of like what's kind of selling and what's yep. doing well I'm not saying copy it. I'm not saying you have to worship it, but like it doesn't kind of hurt to know what kind of area you're living in. Yeah, for real. You know, back in the day, you weren't able to sort of know like, you know, 90s. We're in the grunge era. Right. I feel like that stuff only comes in after, right? So yep. like 30 years from now, people will be looking back and, you know, discussing and analyzing what kind of era we're in yeah. and how the music before that impacted the music during it and what yep. how it led to what came after it. And like, I feel like it's good as a musician to kind of get a sense. We're never going to know until it's over, but yep. I'd rather understand it to the best of what I could until it's gone. And then, you know, 2040, I'm looking back at 2020 and there being like, you know, this was the, uh, you know, country and slash funk revival. The post-pop core modern yes. whatever. This is when, you know, Latinx core kind of took over. Right. And I actually think that was like 2010s, but... Yeah, exactly. I don't know. I, I could be wrong, but... Uh, <laughs> Anyways, with sigh. <laughs> before uh, we end this, do you have any last words of advice for any aspiring guitarists or content creators who might be listening? Like, uh, like the truest advice that you could give from yourself? Um, if you're have fun, um, you know what what you're doing. In terms, you put a lot of pressure on yourself, and it can turn into a job very quickly. Uh, especially when something like TikTok is giving you instant feedback constantly and you're con- it's constantly telling you to judge yourself based on likes. And just know that that is all from an algorithm and that algorithm should have no power over you, right? Whether it's working or not, like you should really just focus on kind of like taking it to the next step, not for the algorithm, but for yourself, right? If you don't want to be doing this, if you ever at any point feel like this isn't fun for me and I am just trying to get a specific goal, the algorithm is not going to reward that. It's going to punish it, and it's going to punish you, and there's no harm from taking a break from it, right? Mm-hmm. There's no harm. Um, I think a lot of creators are kind of noticing that and reaching that point. I think there's going to be a very, very big... Um, there's going to be a big change in terms of the narrative of people saying, you know, you have to post a TikTok three to five times a day. I think they're going to start saying post less and post in seasons, so like you know there's going to be sort of content creators making up content for a couple months and then maybe taking a month break and then coming back nice and fresh because otherwise that's not sustainable no one can post a tiktok three to five times a day for the rest of their life that doesn't make sense this is unless you have a team behind you this is a weird 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 new trend like tiktok's new it's weird we're just figuring it out and i think you know tiktok itself also realizes like 
the responsibility that they are bearing as they gain a new user base. And I don't think as a tech company, they want to have a bad face. They want to have a good face. Yeah. And they don't want their content creators that are making them so much to all have, you know, breakdowns at the same time from that. So like, you know, you listening to this as a guitarist, focus on your craft, mm. make sure that, you know, what you are doing is fulfilling to you. And, you know, TikTok should be working for you. You shouldn't be working for TikTok. Finesse the system, let the algorithm be a tool. Exactly. And, you know, another thing that me and Justice talk about a lot is like, uh, you know, followers are nice. Followers seem great having lots of followers, but like focusing on community and like, you know, I hate to be, I hate to sound like your, your corny dad, but you know, putting the, uh, the social back in social media. Yeah. <laughs> like those, that's, what's gonna, you know, be more fulfilling, right? Like one, one, one million people that don't care about you is not going to feel as great as, you know, like 10 people that, you're super stoked whenever you get a message from you're super stoked when they're sending you memes or like that appreciate Literally. memes coming from you right like that's really what it's about if you have that you should feel very very happy it's the meme love yeah and you know just appreciate that rather than waiting to get to the next level like don't see that communication that you're having with people as like a means towards getting to the top yep you know like it is networking and it will help you eventually but just know that like that is an end in itself is you know the connections that you you're making with people right now hopefully and the connections that you are soon to make and don't be afraid to like reach out to people who are you know that you've been following and kind of like you know liking each other's stuff or commenting on each other's stuff like you sent that's how me and kind of like justice you know got together you know i followed him and then he sent me a message and now we're friends yeah now we're hanging <laughs> like crazy things happening but uh thank you so much for all the advice and uh being on this podcast the first episode for sure um it was great having you and uh i hope the rest of your endeavor is kick ass make sure to follow jordan on instagram tiktok spotify hopefully all the links will be posted somewhere and uh thank you all for listening to the shred show peace out everyone see ya